party. Hey, welcome to the Self to Society podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Dennis, and we're going to rock and roll. The last episode was about some of my favorite things. Uh, the podcast started to feel really heavy, even after three episodes. And I wanted an opportunity to lighten it up a little bit, uh, allow you a chance to get to know me, and just do something a little more fun. Uh, today, there's there's two two sides of a coin that I've been thinking about a lot because they don't find balance very often. And those two sides of the coin are deconstruction and reconstruction. I had posted on my Instagram story, I think last week, if you followed me on Insta, it said, deconstruction with, is pointless without reconstruction. And I got an, an odd amount of response on that post, um, almost being challenged in the idea that uh, one of my really, really good friends challenged me that there's no time limit to, to what that process looks like. And I totally agree. I don't, I don't believe that time or space have control of the process of deconstruction and how that, how that becomes uh, a free space to then reconstruct what those things are. So let me define deconstruction and reconstruction a little bit just so that we all are speaking the same vernacular. <laughs> uh, deconstruction is to have a belief system or a, a thought process about something, a general philosophy, and then start to tear that down. So the word is used a ton in the religious circle. Um, let's say you grew up in church, you have this quote-unquote faith system, you become an adult, you experience some of your own pain, you have your own thoughts, you study the Bible yourself, you research uh, different parts of history and faith and religion yourself, and you start to then deconstruct what you had always believed. Um, so that's the, the definition of deconstruction that we're working with. To reconstruct in this particular context means to not leave, to not leave all of your beliefs in a shattered and broken mess of bullshit, um, which is easy to do. It's easy to, especially when we're talking about something as controlling as religion is, it's easy to deconstruct it to a space where you feel free. And in that freedom, you don't treat yourself well. You don't necessarily treat people around you well. The deconstruction turns into a space of like, well, fuck it, I'll just do whatever I want and, because I'm free now. Um, and you don't, you don't reset yourself some parameters for healthy living. I think that's... Uh, I'm looking for the right words. I think that that is the right way to phrase that. So let's dive into deconstruction, what, how it may look in your life, how it's looked in my life, uh, what it is, what it isn't. And uh, next episode, we will discuss reconstructing all the same shit. So for me, uh, part of my journey was uh, deeply involved in faith, in the church, in religion, um, starting at like, man, uh, truthfully, starting at probably 15, 16, I started going to Young Life when I was in high school. When I was 18, I you know, quote unquote, became a Christian and started acting in that space. 
I was involved in Bible studies and I was uh, doing things where I was trying to be a leader in my community. And because I have allowed an obnoxious personality, I was recognized for some of those things. So I kept getting more opportunity to, to act in that way. That led me into... Uh, led me deeper into my my religion where I was, you know, reading and studying my Bible every day through my early 20s. I mean, for real, legitimately, every damn day. I was sitting at a Starbucks with a caramel frappuccino. No, I'm not kidding. And <laughs> studying, uh, studying my Bible, just reading it over and over and over. Reading books on theology, reading books on, you know, historical books, reading old, old, old authors and their, their pursuits of faith and some of that stuff. And my, my, my religion became my life. Um, and I'm purposefully using the word religion instead of faith in, in how I'm describing this at this point, because I have faith, uh, and I can, I, I don't want to misstate that. I do have faith still. The faith that I had then was slightly misguided by a couple things. The faith that I had then was slightly misguided by my skill set and what I thought I could get out of religion, as well as what I was what I was led to believe about the religion that I was believing in. And so uh, I'll talk more about <clears throat> where my faith is at in the reconstruction episode. But deconstructing for me, has been a really hard thing. Um, I walked actively in in my religion and walked actively in my faith um, for all of my 20s and the very beginning part of my 30s. And it was at about 33 that I started to tear some things apart. Um, let me take that back. It was earlier than that. It was probably mid to late 20s that I started to really tear some things apart. I started to not look at life from the traditional evangelical system. Um, I wasn't buying into the bullshit rhetoric that you had to be white with blonde hair and blue eyes and no tattoos and couldn't drink and had to be straight to be a good Christian. Um, I, I was deeply moved by uh, I don't know what the right word is. Outcast is maybe the right word. I was deeply moved by the outcasts of the world, um, partially because I felt like one. So I was identifying with other people who believed themselves to be outcasts. And so my faith was was quickly turned um, in a couple short years in my, my later 20s. was quickly turned to wanting to love and care for the outcasts because I could relate to their story, at least an element of their story. And when I say outcast, I mean um, people who live within the LGBTQ community, uh, people who drink for whatever purpose, people who say fuck a lot, people who um, are heavily tattooed, people who like to have green hair, people who like to listen to alternative styles of music, um, people who and are were comfortable, you know, smoking marijuana as a form of stress relief or um, to help focus their ADD or for fucking whatever reason they wanted to. I don't know. Um, a bunch of views that I held in my early twenties about people 
I allowed myself to be free from. And what, what that allowed me to do is really start to actually connect to people. I was really, truly connecting to people who were hurting, who, who felt like they were being discarded by the overall system. And one of the experiences that I had that led me to this space, like really, truly diving into this space was I got hired to be on pastoral staff at a really fucking big church in Oklahoma City. And I had a 90-day contract with them, an initial contract, and they chose to not renew my contract based on the idea that I wouldn't agree to not drink in public. Um, I was a 28, 29-year-old guy when I moved there and was living there. I lived by myself in a studio apartment uh, in downtown Oklahoma City. And my I believed my job was not uh, – my job as a human, my role as a human, was not simply to function inside the walls of the church, but rather to function in society as the church. I believed that was my role. And so when I was told that I wasn't able to be social and and communicate with people and meet people and connect with people in their space in public, uh, it pissed me off real bad. And so I ended up not getting that contract renewed, uh, <clears throat> moved back to Arizona, and went on this journey to figure out why in the fuck that was such a big deal to these people and why it's a big deal to a lot of people and why, you know, the simple, like, uh, a, a little insight to me, this is an ADD moment. I don't cuss on this podcast because I think that cussing is fucking cool, bro. <laughs> I do it more as a defense mechanism to people who would be turned off by such a thing. Um, and I don't even do it intentionally. It's just a part of how I live. If you follow me on social, you know that I have like very little barrier for language um, publicly. I'm, I have a better barrier for language around my children most of the time. <laughs> but <laughs> um, things like cussing for me are not, they're not um, these acts of rebellion. It just simply is me being authentic to who I am and assuming that it will buffer out people that I don't necessarily want close to me anyway. Um, so back to reconstruction. So that process, that experience for me uh, in Oklahoma City really shaped some things and allowed me to open my eyes. Um, some years before that, I had friends um, come out to me that they were gay or lesbian. I was have like meeting really great people and building really beautiful relationships with people who also lived in that community. Um, being in relationship with people who had problems with prescription pill addiction, with you know, um, just daily drinking, you know, wh whatever the thing is that somebody was feeling like an outcast about, I seemed to be meeting all of those people, it felt like, and was very close to them. Um, and so using those relationships and those experiences and then getting to a space where I was really, truly rejected for something that I didn't understand, uh, forced me deeper into that space where I I walked away from the the bigger church. Um, I was facilitating out of my home, um, facilitating a place for people to come be safe. Uh, that's what I was facilitating. I was not nearly as 
involved in the the overarching evangelical system. Um, I now am in a space where I've gone full deconstruction. <laughs> um, I've torn all of my walls down. The reason that it's taken so long for me to deconstruct is that I was afraid of what other people would think. And it, it was always easy for me to use my faith as a buffer between what I was dealing with personally and who I wanted people to believe I am. And I didn't want that buffer anymore, so I took it away. I tore that wall down. So now when I present myself to the world, I can do so far more authentically than I ever have ever in my whole life, right, wrong, or indifferent. And so the deconstruction for me led me to a space where um, I don't attend church regularly. Uh, I don't read my Bible, um, not because I think that it is false or because I don't find value in what is there. It's because I'm giving myself the space to reprogram the narrative of this of the text um, because I need that. I was so wrapped in being told what those words meant for so long that now I, when I open my Bible again, I want to be able to read it for what it says and not what somebody's telling me I have to think it means. Um, I, <clears throat> I don't pray in English anymore, which might be a weird statement, but when I choose to try to connect to the source of all energy, of all things, of, you know, the creator of the sun and the moon and the stars, right? Like, um, <clears throat> I do so in a spiritually meditative space. So I do it by myself and I just use sound. Um, I typically will sit silently, I'll do some breathing. And then when I feel that my, my soul, the, the, the metaphysical piece of me is ready, um, then I start to make sounds. Sometimes that's singing. Sometimes it's <clears throat> just babbling sounds. Sometimes it's, um, humming. It, it, for me, it's been a really healthy space to connect when I'm ready to connect to what I believe is the source of love and light and life and the optimism that we have the ability to carry. So um, <clears throat> my deconstruction has led me into some pretty weird realms where, where I would never have felt comfortable. Um, I... My, my deconstruction led me out of the system and freed me to explore a, a more true sense of spirituality. Um, and I've deconstructed a handful of things. This, this is just the most primary and probably the largest example for me where it feels the most drastic of a swing, um, where I used to be on pastoral staff, have preached God knows how many times, uh, has had the ability to speak about the Bible and God in front of tens of thousands of people. And now bringing myself to a space where I'm okay just simply being still. Um, I'm okay just sitting in the unknown and in the wonder of 
in the wonder of what I don't know. Um, I find such beauty these days uh, through this process of deconstructing my faith where I see so much beauty in, in authors and artists and people who the church would always deem dark or, uh, or unhealthy or, you know, whatever, like their views on just simple humanity are so beautiful to me because they're not, they're not burdened by the pressure to believe or not believe it a certain way. Um, let me also be honest in the last couple minutes of this episode that my deconstruction led me to do some really fucked up shit to people that are close to me. Um, again, I'll explore some more of these details as this podcast goes on because I don't know that it's the appropriate time. But I can promise you that my deconstruction led me to do some fucked up shit, which is, where, which is why I didn't want to live there. Um, excessive amounts of drinking, um, really unhealthy relationships, um, not managing my family well at the time when we were a family. Um, and I've, I've destroyed a lot. Um, and so I live in the wake and, and see the rubble of my deconstruction. And so while I believe deconstruction can be really good and healthy from a, from a spiritual and philosophical and human perspective, don't, don't, don't be misguided and don't think for a second that you're not going to totally fuck up some weird part of your life that you didn't expect to destroy. Um, I don't know many people who have gone through deconstruction well. And when I say well, I mean without really just ripping at least something to fucking shreds, like totally just ripping it to shreds. And again, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, man, some of the things that I've done are not healthy. Obviously I'm grateful that I've been through the deconstruction. I'm not grateful for some of the other elements and I'm not grateful for what I chose to do through my deconstruction. Um, but in the next episode, I'll be able to explain how the process of rebuilding that has, has led me to a healthier, more whole space as a human and how I was able to learn from all of the things that I did and have experienced. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Tune in to the next one to hear how we put the pieces back together. See ya! See ya!